0: Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk where you can find many more videos of interest to investors.
1: Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the uh, Tribal Group Final Results, year-ended 31st December 2021. I'm here with Diane McIntyre, our CFO, and you'll hear from me, introduction on uh, the year and then I'll pass over to Diane for financial results and I'll come back for a strategy uh, update. So most of you will be familiar with Tribal, so this is really a reminder a reminder of our markets. We operate in predominantly higher education, further education. Reminder also of our market share. We have about 65% of the UK higher education Market around 30 percent in australia a reminder also of the size of our two businesses our student information systems business which had a revenue this year of uh, 67 million pounds and our education services quality assurance benchmarking uh, student survey business education services with a revenue around about uh, 14 million and also a reminder of our core products our mature the so-called foundation products in the student management system space predominantly our six vision in uh, higher education and ebs in further education but also our six edge products so these are our new cloud-based products that we have now built and we're now selling out in the market so overview of the year it's a solid set of results in line with expectations showing we believe a good execution of the clear strategy that we've previously set out. Revenue's up, EBITDA is up, our statutory profit is up, and critically also our annual recurring revenue is up by 7% to a record high of just over £50 million. And it is based on three sort of core pillars of our growth. Firstly, it's about expanding our customer share of wallet. So this is very much about getting more from our existing customers from the uh, building out the existing uh, mature products. Uh, And we've seen in particular uh, a growth engine coming from the move to tribal clouds. This is taking our SITS products and indeed our EBS product uh, and operating them as a service back to the customer from from the public cloud. And we've seen three large customers adopting tribal cloud uh, in the course of 2021. And as we go into 2022, we have a strong pipeline of other customers looking to move their on-premise systems into the public cloud. The second pillar for us is about expanding the addressable market. That is, being able to take our products to our non-sit space in our existing markets. But also about building out uh, new products that we're able to take to existing and potentially new customers in our existing markets. And the third pillar is around expanding the geographic reach. So going out to new markets for us and taking our products out into the new markets. And what has assisted us in that is two small acquisitions we've made during the year. One, a company called Semestry, which is a cloud native uh product um for scheduling of courses and uh, exams for universities and then later we acquired uh, the assets of a business called evio which was a, a timetabling so basically being able to show the schedule as a timetable for students they had significant market presence not only in the uk but actually to the belgium netherlands and nordics market so that provides us with the opportunity to Uh, cross-sell other products into that market. Uh, And we uh, intend to take other products like our Dynamics products into those markets, also to build out uh, newer markets for us, such as in Singapore, where we won our first um, uh, contract back at the end of 2022 at the uh, Nanyang Technological University, building out uh, more presence uh, in Singapore and countries around it, particularly uh, in uh, in Malaysia. Over time, we will look to extend that out to other geographies. Indeed, over time, we will look to uh, take our products into the US market, but that will be some years hence. So uh, a brief view of some of the key deals that we've won this year. I think points to make here are around the growth of our edge products, the fact that we sell edge products both to new customers, Aberystwyth is uh, a new customer for us, but also around existing on-premise student management systems of existing customers like St Andrews uh, or the, the Wananga, Tiwaraa Wananga, which is a college in, uh, in New Zealand. We also have four early adopters of our admissions, product, three in the UK, one in Australia, and one noted here is the University for the Creative Arts. But we also are selling our mature products into the market. Sits Vision is still, we consider the best, the most fully functional product of its kind in its markets, Uh, and we succeeded in winning uh, both the University of West London and Solent University. Uh, And we have also migrated more customers out into the public cloud into the tribal cloud this year winning the university of warwick university college london and a university in malaysia university technology patronus we also continue to win um new opportunities in education services as we expand our presence particularly in the in the middle east with windsor in bahrain so with that i'm going to pass over to diane to give you more details of the financial performance. Diane?
0: Thank you very much, Mark. So on the next slide, um, you can see that Tribal's had a year of some very strong financial performance. We've made considerable progress against our KBIs, and our numbers reflect this. So we have COVID restrictions easing throughout the year, and we've continued to deliver against our strategic objectives. Revenue is up 11%. EBITDA is up 9%, 16.6 million. And the ARR, as Mark mentioned, is up 7%. These numbers are explained in more detail on later slides. There's a substantial increase in committed income, of which two-thirds is Callista, and I'm pleased to say we re-signed to nine universities for a further five years in December 21, and the final one-third is due to the semester and every year acquisition. If I move across to statutory profit for tax, we've used those increases of EBITDA to fund our acquisition costs and also systems improvements, which are part of a wider transformation programme to improve our target operating model, our processes and our procedures as we grow our SAS revenues. This has meant that profit before taxes remain stable, increasing 1% to 8.6 million. The basic statutory earnings per share has risen from 3.1 to 3.4 pence per share, and that's even better on an adjusted, diluted basis, going from 4 to 5.5 pence per share. EBITDA has converted well. Cash conversion is at 104%, up seven percentage points year on year, and that's allowed us to invest in EDGE and commit to a 1.3 pence per dividend. And that's obviously an increase in the prior year. On the next slide, you can see we have achieved a record high ARR, as Mark mentioned, 50.3 million. That's grown 7%. Organic growth excluding semestery is 4%. Our revenue has grown for the first time in over five years to 81.1 million. And the next slide will break this out into segments. Our ongoing growth in EBITDA is up 9% year-on-year across both CIS and ES. There's a slight decline in our EBITDA percentage to 20.5%. And this is as central overheads have grown slightly faster than inflation. We had the impact of a four-day working week in 2020, which was there for three months. We've had an increase in global insurance costs. And also our properties have now reopened post-COVID. On the next slide, I move on to segment performance. So I won't dwell here on CIS, there'll be more details later, but revenue has grown substantially at 12%, and the ES business has grown at 3%. Schools reopened in the second half of the year, and we did manage to complete our EDIC inspections in the Middle East by year-end. Surveys and benchmarking have now recovered, although they're not quite at pre-COVID levels. Overall, our segment operating margin is up 4%, and that blends together, obviously, the performance across CIS and ES. On the next slide, You can see that we've worked this year to provide much greater clarity. So here I've given some more growth trajectories by product area. There are two key differences. Now you can see both edge revenues for both the revenues and on the ARR, they're now fully separated out. And we've also included a new product group called Other Software and Services. These are maintenance products where product development's been limited to statutory and required updates. However, we are continuing to fully support our customers. Products here include, for example, the school's edge product, as schools are not a strategic focus area, and also some historic Australian government contracts, which have some bespoke software, which is branched away from our core products. And there also is some miscellaneous smaller services, such as software solutions, where we've sold bespoke software in the past. Now, all these different areas have different growth trajectories. So, if I look at, for example, foundation, sports, and maintenance, that will decline over time as those customers move across to the subscription model so you'll see the growth within the Lex line. Foundation software will have a slower rate of growth while the perpetual license fees decline, and then it will grow more rapidly. Cloud, edge, and professional services have strong growth as they're the key focus areas of our business, and other software and services will therefore have the fastest decline. On the next slide, I've introduced some standard SAS metrics for the first time here in Global, so if you're already familiar with them, please bear with me. And for this first year, I'm going to go through them quite slowly. On the left-hand side, you can see we had recurring revenue in December 20 of 3.7 million pounds. When I analyze that, it comes 44.4 million. You then take away when a customer has either downgraded a product or they've left tribal. That gives me a 7% revenue decline. Half of that is due to other software and services. This means that the gross revenue retention is 93%. If you then add in where those existing customers bought new products or they've upgraded, you have a 13% revenue increase, and that's mostly from our Cloud and Dynamics products. When you combine the 13% increase with the 7% loss, your net revenue retention is 106%. Then, when you add in new revenue from new customers, from their sales, and from our semester, you can see that recurring revenue increased by 16%. So therefore, the exit trajectory in the P&L as at December 2021, is £51.6 million. And then to provide better clarity on future performance, we also give a forward-looking metric, ARR. Here, I deduct known losses where customers have given us notice of leaving or cancelling products in the next 12 months. So here, we deduct 2.3 million, which is mostly due to two Calista customers. And then I add £1 million of known future contracted revenues which have yet to be delivered. This leaves us with an ARR of 50.3 million. So overall, you can see how the ARR increase in 2020 and in the first half of this year has led to a 16% recurring revenue growth in 2021. On the next slide, I break out the CIS ARR. So here you can see the overall core products, which are the Foundation, Edge and Cloud products. They've increased by 12% from all the new wins that Mark mentioned earlier on. If we offset that by the decline in the other software and services, this gives us a 7% overall ARR growth. And the bottom left-hand side bar chart illustrates those different trajectories. And you can see that the growth areas together have an impressive 51% increase. So on the next slide, we have revenue, And here you can see the same product groupings again, so it's very easy to compare ARR in revenue. The core revenues have increased by 17.8%, which offsets the decline in other software and services. So total revenue growth is 12.2%. Some items to note here, foundation support and maintenance has increased um, because we don't have the future impact with the cluster decline included. Cloud revenues have grown 31.5%. The Sydney contract is now fully delivered. King's College London has made some good progress. They're fully alive in the cloud and the phase two optimization phase will be completed in 2022. Professional services grow in line with our cloud and edge sales. And NTU has been ramping up and we have key delivery dates in 2022. There have been low margins on the NTU implementation as COVID has restricted our ability to travel to the site in Singapore. So progress has been made more difficult as a result. Overall, looking at CIS overall margins, we've dropped 3.1 percentage points to 35%. So this is due to the NTU implementation margins I've just mentioned. And also there's a product mix impact. As we have lower revenues and other software and services which have higher margins, And then we have cloud and edge areas coming through with lower margins until we scale up. So for example, we have a data center in Singapore, which serves just one customer at the moment. But obviously, as we sell through to more customers, I naturally expect margins to improve over time. So on the next slide, I talk about cash flow. And on here, you can see the EBITDA cash conversion has improved seven percentage points to 104%. And with our 22 million pounds of trading cash, and the £3 million from some employee share options, we've made significant investments in both Edge, £10.2 million, and acquisitions, £6.4 million. Within the £6.4 million, £5 million relates to Semestry, and the remainder is the last payment for our Dynamics business. On my final slide, you can see we've significantly strengthened our product development teams. We've increased £10.1 million of Edge investment, and that will continue at similar levels until 2024. Some of the benefits of that investment can already be seen through our growing EDGE ARR, which now stands at 4.5 million. There is a one-off impact of 0.9 million in expense product development for EDGE, and that's due to increased clarity on our EDGE roadmap. Some previously capitalised costs have now been taken to the P&L in the year. So now I'm going to hand back to Mark to give a strategy update, and he will cover in more detail our EDGE roadmap. Over to you, Mark.
1: Great. Thank you very much, Diane. So, as Dan says, an update on our strategy. So first, a reminder of our objectives. We set out five objectives in 2021 for achievement in five years by the end of 2025. The first being to double the annual recurring revenue, which was then at 47.5 million. And that equates to a 15% uh, compound growth over those five years. It includes uh, acquisitions that we make, And it also is is a number that that ramps up over the years. And we expect that, as we have previously said, to to be more back-ended. We're going through a transition stage at the moment where you've seen the the walk of ARR, uh, and we have a number of headwinds we have to get through um, of contracts that will naturally move away that are not true SaaS contracts as we embrace more of the uh, SaaS product sale. We also will look to get our EBITDA margin growth up to the low 30s over that five-year time. And that's really around improving the margin as you go to a true SaaS product in a multi-tenanted environment. As Dan referred to in in NTU in, in Singapore, you have a single entity at the moment in an environment. And when you're starting a SaaS journey, you have a significant amount of fixed cost around an environment. But then as you get more and more customers going into that environment you get to a a higher and higher profitability so over time we'll see that improvement as we get to be more of a a pure SaaS uh, business and as we do that we invest in our SaaS products by 2025 we are looking to have completed all of our major modules uh, that we are then able to sell to customers it will be After that, the customers are implementing and migrating. That can take a considerable amount of time, but actually being able to sell those products to customers by the end of 2025. Four and five are really around those three pillars that we talked about earlier on, about increasing that share of wallet. It's about expanding the addressable market within our current markets and also about expanding our geographic presence. So if I go on to what are the market drivers for our long-term growth, really you can put them into two sort of categories. The first is really a desire of universities to move away from complex systems. So they may have a student management system that is unfit for purpose that they may have developed themselves in-house and they will go to market. There are not so many of those Uh, left. We have won many of those um, uh, tenders of customers wanting to move from their existing systems. But there are a lot of customers who have had an existing system such as SITS for many, many years. And it it has grown in complexity as more and more um, uh, work is done to configure the system. And they've got to a point of great complexity, which really makes universities inefficient it drives up their cost base, and indeed makes it much higher risk. Higher risk because they um, don't necessarily know fully the configuration of their system because it's been so long in the making, and also higher risk because of their concerns about about cybersecurity. So for many universities, they're looking, rather than simplifying it themselves, which is a huge task, to actually be able to move that out of their responsibility into our responsibility to be offered as a service where we take their on-premise implementation we optimize it in the public cloud we offer a 24 by 7 365 security operations center that monitors the tribal cloud implementations of the 20 or so customers that are already in the tribal Cloud and that is something that we see a strong pipeline of customers for. And when they get into the public cloud, we also look to upsell additional cloud services to them, such as managing the integrations between that system and other systems, and and configuration as a service, uh, and building on the uh, cloud services that we offer. The second is about improving the student experience. So universities are very focused on. Digitizing their applications to improve the student experience, which they see as a competitive advantage over other universities to attract more students. And that gives us the opportunities then to sell in our value add products, such as our new edge products, our marketing recruitment, our student support and well being product, and indeed the new semester um, uh, scheduling and timetabling product that we uh, recently acquired. So we see a sort of modern student information system solution that we're building in the, in the terms of, of, of this slide here. It's very much around having an interface for students and the university stakeholders that is modern, that is agile, dynamic, and uh, that enables the students to uh, interface entirely with the university on mobile, should they wish, otherwise through a modern student portal, staff portal, but also to have value-add uh, applications, solutions, that sit on top of a student management system. And you'll see those in the middle layer there. We have those on all on cloud technologies, marketing and recruitment, student well-being and support, which is a key area of concern for universities. And we have solutions around how the universities and the students can engage with business, about apprenticeships, particularly around degree apprenticeships for universities, managing alumni, scheduling and timetabling, and indeed the other critical component is curriculum planning, which we don't yet have as a solution, but we will look to then build that out as part of our move to a full edge solution. Then the core of a student management system is shown at the section at the bottom there, and we have built out a regulatory and statutory module submissions, which We launched in Australia and has been sold to all of our Australian customers and indeed some who are non-SITS and Callista customers as well, integrating to their own in-house systems. And we built out the admissions system, which, as I mentioned earlier, we've sold already to four customers and we will look to migrate, particularly those who have adopted the tribal cloud. Their next step will be for us to, to drive admissions Uh, the admissions module into those customers but also then we move to building out the the core of the student management system in a modular way but actually looking at building out short courses as a simpler full student management systems but with a much simpler scope such as for short courses such as for single stage courses for example a one-year postgraduate then building out such that simpler universities are able to adopt um, the uh, student management system, further education could, some training companies can, and then we build that out further until we get to the point where um, uh, the more complex of higher education universities can also adopt it. Um, And that's really sort of shown in this sort of view of adoption, that starts really with existing SITS customers on premise who are paying us really the support and maintenance at the moment, then their it's its first step on this journey is to move those SITS customers to adopt the tribal cloud. Then we look to drive adoption of admissions in that SITS space. Then we look for the simpler universities to, to adopt the edge student information system and then that will move to more complex universities before we then look to take those products out into a more global reach and at the same time we as the as the universities go on that step we then sell them those added value products that you'll see at the bottom starting with the sort of edge admissions and dynamics moving to scheduling timetabling we're building out Analytics solutions that will enable universities to build out um, uh, insights into their their data. So data analytics solutions, we have an Engage, which is a mobile app that can be sold and has been very successfully sold actually into further education to manage the way the student um, collaborates, uh, interfaces with the university, but also is integrated within our EBS system we sell engage and then we'll sell curriculum management those value add modules um, uh, over time and that really speaks to our sort of three pillars of expanding our share of wallet expanding that addressable market and then finally expanding our geographic reach i did want to talk about our people who are clearly critical to our success we have seen an increase in the number of people we have in our team to support that increased revenue that we've seen this year but critically also we see an increase in more technical roles that we're taking on board in order to help manage that transition to SaaS. so we've had a significant growth in uh, in cloud we see uh, a growth in uh, our dynamic skills in our overall microsoft skills but also we have Uh, look to take our professional services teams and centralize those um, and globalize uh, the whole approach to professional services in a newly founded uh, global delivery center based in Kuala Lumpur. We've had significant growth there, and that's proved very successful for us. What we do also see, though, is some inflationary wage pressures coming through, particularly since those roles in cloud and and Microsoft skills are in very high demand at the moment and that is starting to feed through. But we do have significant mitigations in place, particularly around making sure that we support our staff's career development, making sure that we have talent programs and formal progression schemes for staff, but also KPIs and um, ways of measuring how we're doing. So our attrition measures, we look at closely and we feel we are outperforming the industry standard less than 14% attrition, notwithstanding the c- concerns about wage pressures. And we also make sure we keep close to our staff um, uh, and measure the, the, the sort of engagement of our staff with us. And also it's about looking at the overall um, work conditions, let's say, of our staff, making sure, for example, they see Tribal as a place that they want to work at, to be proud to be working for Tribal, and that they see their employer uh, sharing their own values. And this very much speaks to our work on improving our gender and ethnicity representation. Clearly, having staff who've been here for many, many years, in many cases, there was work to be done to improve that gender and ethnicity representation, but we have taken very specific steps in order, over the longer term, these things, of course, take time to to improve that. And one of the areas, uh, one of the ways in which we do secure that focus is making it a key part of our environmental, social and governance, our ESG programme, for which there is a formal board committee chaired by one of our non-exec directors. Um, we have six initiatives that we look at um, and then social you'll see the first one there is about diversity and inclusion within tribal but also it's about supporting student well-being and student mental health which is such a critical issue these days uh, and we support a charity called Student Minds Uh, which helps um, students and works with universities to improve student uh, mental health. Uh, But we very much see the ESG as giving us tangible business benefits. We have had a commitment to minimal paper, which is now met, and that is driving real savings. Um, Looking at our cloud consumption, um, reducing our travel, Uh, clearly these are good environmental uh, benefits, but also they're good financially for us. So the social piece is very much about the staff engagement, as I mentioned earlier on, and the governance also about making the business more efficient, but also Global ISO really helps us with our, within our tenders. More and more, we see our, our sales tenders requiring more information uh, around our, uh, our ISO and other standards certifications. So to conclude, just a look at overall outlook. So we do remain focused on growing our ARR as we showed in the previous slides. We have a strong pipeline of opportunities as we come into 2022. We are continuing to invest in our edge products and we also are investing in changing our business so that we have an operating model which truly underpins the structures, the capabilities of the organization required to deliver um, the services and the service delivery around cloud and SaaS products. Uh, And we're also looking at expanding our opportunities within our existing and the markets that are opening up as a result of the acquisition of Semestry and FEO. So overall, we do expect a a rebalancing of revenue as we move uh, into this, the the new SaaS world. Um, But we have had a positive uh, start to 2022 and we remain positive and confident around our expectations for 2022.
0: PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.